1: 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. He loved us. He didn't wait, the Lord didn't wait for us to, to be changed, to say, well, now that they are new creatures in Christ, now I can love them. They're more lovable. They're nice now. No, he loved us when we despised him. He loved us when we were enemies of him. Man, you just can't wait for your wife to change before you love her. I say that also to the wives. Many times a wife will say, well, when he's different, then I can be this. But no, that's not right. I knew of a man years ago. In fact, he should have known better. This was a Bible teacher who had a very poor relationship with his wife. And he said one day, and I heard him, and it was astounding when he said this. He said, well, I'll love her when she starts submitting to me. But that's absolutely wrong. That's absolutely incorrect because that's not the way Christ loved the church. He didn't say, I'll wait till God's people submit to me and then I'll love them. He just loved them regardless of whether they submit or not. Unconditional love means no strings attached, no conditions put upon it. If she chooses to be cool in a loop, then you must make that first move and love her anyway. It is your responsibility. Don't worry about her responsibility. That's why I said, don't go around telling her you are to submit. You are to submit. That's not your job. Your job is to love her. Her job is to submit. If she doesn't submit, the Lord will deal with her. Let him do it. You know, I'm
2: glad that God first loved me. That's what drew me to him in the first place, his demonstration of love for me. You know, if not for that, I would still be lost in my sins. I would still be God's enemy. But God initiates his relationships with us by showing that he loves us so much that He was willing to die to pay the penalty for our sins. Now that is amazing grace. Say, so it's good to have you here with us today for another lesson. You are listening to Verse by Verse, an expository radio Bible class taught by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been ministering here at Lakeside Community Chapel and in the Clearwater, Florida community since 1981. Expository or verse-by-verse verse Bible teaching is a superb way to gain organized and structured understanding of God's Word. Our goal at Verse by Verse is to help you gain that knowledge and see how it applies to daily living. We are in the midst of a series about the biblical family, and if you have been listening, you know that this is the third part of a message concerning the responsibilities of husbands. Later on, Pastor Steve will discuss the wives' responsibilities, But for now, we men, we're sort of on the hot seat. I hope you have your Bible and are able to take notes, because Pastor Steve has been giving some great ideas for us. Now, let's get the class started.
1: Gentlemen, how do you treat your body? How do you treat your body? When you cut yourself, I mean, I'm not talking about a a, a little cut. When you really have a cut that's bleeding, what do you do? You take care of it. You wash it out. You put on whatever you need to. If it's deep enough, you bandage it. You don't let that thing just go on and, and infection get in there. What do you do when you're dirty? Take a shower. Take care of your body. What do you do when you're hungry? You don't say, I don't care about this body. you got to let it so it wants to go hungry. Let it go hungry. You don't do that. You feed it. When you're tired, what do you do? You sleep. When you're ill, what do you do? You take medication. You go to a doctor. You take care of yourself. That's natural. Every normal, mentally normal person does that. Now, the point is that you know how to take care of yourself. That's what verse 29 says. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, cherishes it. We take care of our bodies. Some of us pamper our bodies. Well, the point is that if we know how to take care of our own bodies, and we do, and we do that, in the same way we're to take care of our wife and her needs, what are her needs? We're to protect her, provide for her, satisfy her, give her understanding, give her security, give her a listening ear, give her our time, give her our energy, and all the other things that would fall in those categories. Does Christ meet every need of the church? Absolutely. Not the wants of the church, but every need of the church, because Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Therefore, a husband is to meet the needs, all the needs of his wife, not the wants. There's a difference between needs and wants, legitimate needs. He's to meet her needs. That's the way we are to love our wives, and that's, that's a high standard. With the same consideration you give to your body, you need to give that to your wife. That is a high standard, but there's even a higher standard of love than our own bodies, Verse 25, this is the second way we are to love our wives. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the same way that Christ loves the church, husbands are to love their wives. How can this be? How can this be? We're, We're frail, sinful creatures. How can I love my wife the way the perfect son of God loves the church? Well, we can't do it apart from the Spirit of God controlling us and working in our lives. And that's why as you go back a few verses, the context is 518 of Ephesians. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. When I'm filled with the Spirit, which means to be under His control as I obey the Word of God, as I'm controlled by the Spirit of God, I can love my wife as Christ loves the church. If that wasn't possible then God would never command this. This is a command. So it must be that I can do it if I'm controlled by the Spirit of God. And even though I fail and Christ never fails, this is still the goal. If I fail, I need to continue. This is still the goal. This is the standard. A man once came to a very well-known Bible teacher and he said, I have a serious problem. I love my wife too much. When she ladies? like your husband to say that. And this well-known Bible teacher says, well, uh, do you love your wife as much as Christ loves the church? He said, well, of course not. He said, well, then you don't love her enough. That's the standard, as Christ loves the church. So how does Christ love the church? If we know how he demonstrates his love for the church, then we can know something of how we are to demonstrate our love for our wives. So let me give you some ways that he loves the church. Man, you got your pen ready? Okay, the men eventually are going to hate me. I know that. I'm a marked man. I realize that. But after, in a few weeks, the ladies are going to hate me too. So it all balances out. Okay, first of all, his love is unconditional. There are no strings attached. You know what unconditional love means? It's love for a wife regardless of her behavior, regardless of whether or not she responds to you. If she's cool, if she's aloof, if she's nasty, if she's mad at you most of the time, you just love her. It's not based on what she does for you or how she responds to you. This is biblical. What does First John four nineteen say? We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Romans chapter five, verse eight says that while we were enemies, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated His love for us and that while we were sinners, and it means sinners who were enemies. Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. 1 John four nineteen. We love Him because He first loved us. He loved us. He didn't wait. The Lord didn't wait for us to, to be changed, to say, well, now that they are new creatures in Christ, now I can love them. They're more lovable. They're nice now. No, He loved us when we despised Him. He loved us when we were enemies of Him. Men, you just can't wait for your wife to change before you love her. I say that also to the wives. Many times a wife will say, well, when he's different, then I can be this. But no, that's not right. I knew of a man years ago. In fact, he should have known better. This was a Bible teacher who had a very poor relationship with his wife. And he said one day, and I heard him, and it was astounding that he said this. He said, well, I'll love her when she starts submitting to me. That's absolutely wrong. That's absolutely incorrect because that's not the way Christ loved the church. He didn't say, I'll wait till God's people submit to me and then I'll love them. He just loved them, regardless of whether they submit or not. Unconditional love means no strings attached, no conditions put upon it. If she chooses to be cool and aloof, then you must make that first move and love her anyway. It is your responsibility. Don't worry about her responsibility. That's why I said, don't go around telling her you are to submit. You are to submit. That's not your job. Your job is to love her. Her job is to submit. If she doesn't submit, the Lord will deal with her. Let him do it. Another way that Christ demonstrates his love. Christ's love is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. Look at Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and what? Gave himself up for her. That's Paul's major point. Jesus gave his life for his church. He went through torture. He went through disgrace. He went through physical and spiritual agony for us. And we certainly need to be willing to do that for our wives. But the question is, does that mean I have to die for my wife? Well, no, it means you need to be willing to die for her. But let's face it, most of us will not have to die for our wives. Most of us won't. We'll have to do something harder. We have to live for them. That's right. In fact, it'd be relatively easy to die for them. Just die and go be with the Lord. But First John, look at this, 1 John 3.16. Not John three sixteen, but first John three sixteen. This is just great. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now is he talking about just dying as a martyr? Well, no, I don't think so, because he goes on to say, but whoever has the world's goods and holds his brother in need or or beholds his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? So he's talking about a living experience. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We have something harder than just dying. We need to sacrifice for our wives in the daily mundane things of life. And that's really a lot harder, because that goes on. I mean, you die for someone, it's over with, that's it. You're gone, you're with the Lord. And it's rough at first, I'm sure, but then, it, then it's better. But here, it's just a lifestyle. Now, let me ask you a penetrating question. When was the last time, men, you gave up something for your wife? What's more complete, your library or her wardrobe? Ooh. You just hate that question, especially if you men have a big library. I well, say, well, I don't have a big library. I'm off the hook. What's more complete, your sports equipment or her wardrobe, your hobby or her wardrobe? Or whatever you like, maybe your wardrobe. I don't know. But what's more complete? What can you do without so that she can have something? Now, that's sacrifice. That's sacrifice. And that's the love of Christ. Where to sacrifice. Give up something of yourself so that she could have. That's what Jesus did. Christ's love is also unmistakable. Unmistakable. It's sacrificial, it's unconditional, but it's unmistakable. The church never has to wonder if Jesus loves her. Not if we believe the Bible, right? And you don't have to wake up one day and say, I don't know if Jesus really loves his people. No, he reveals and manifests and assures us in so many ways that he loves us, so we don't have to wonder about it. But so often, a wife wonders if her husband really loves her. I mean, she knows that he married her, but does does he really still love her? And she should not have to ask her husband, Do you love me? Do you still love me? It ought to be unmistakable. Now, how can you as a husband manifest love to your wife in ways that will assure her that you still love her? Well, how does Christ assure the church of his love? I'll just give you a few suggestions, a few ways he does this. First of all, he tells us that he loves us, right? You just read the Bible and you know that God loves you. John three sixteen, other places that God loves his people. He loves us. One way to let your wife know that you love her is just to tell her. And I don't mean on special occasions only. You ought to obviously do that.
2: It may seem surprising, but those three little words, I love you, never seem to wear out, if they're honest. Maybe you've already heard the old story about the wife who complained to her husband that he never said, I love you. He replied, I told you 25 years ago that I loved you and that if anything changed, I would let you know. Well, men, we must do better than that if we want to have healthy, happy marriages. Isn't it great to see folks who have been married for 30, 40, or 50 years, or more, holding hands as they walk down the street? That kind of enduring love doesn't come without some effort, but it is effort well spent. We want you to know that we appreciate you being with us today. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Verse by Verse, a radio class taught by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff. We are in the midst of a study that is titled, Meeting Your Wife's Needs. This is the third part of Pastor Steve's message of Husband's Responsibilities, Part 1. After Part 2 of this topic, Pastor Steve will move on to the wife's responsibilities. If you missed the start of this lesson, you can point your web browser to www.versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. These programs are available on the website as podcasts or in real audio format. As we resume class, have your Bible ready at chapter 13 of the Gospel of John. Now, don't lose your place in Ephesians 5. We're coming back there in just a bit. But we're going to look at John 13 for just a moment. Now, here's Pastor Steve for the rest of today's lesson.
1: There's a great song came out a few years ago by Stevie Wonder. You don't hear that name from the pulpit very often. and I'm not going to sing it for you, but he says, I just called to say that I love you. No special occasion, he says, no New Year's Day, no anniversary, no birthday. I just picked up the phone to say I love you. That's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do. So tell her that you love her. Another way that Christ shows his love for us, you know, he prays for us. He didn't just save us and leave us out there. He prays for us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 that he's interceding for us right now. He intercedes for us. He cares for us. Do you pray for your wife? Do you ask her what her needs are? Do you take the time to to give of yourself to pray for her? It's a very basic thing to do. And yet many men don't do that. Jesus shows his love to the church by serving us. I'd like you to look at John chapter 13. And I think it's very important. Most of you are familiar with John 13, how the Lord washed the disciples' feet. But there's more to it than that. John 13, verses 1 through 5, goes like this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It doesn't mean that he loved them up to the end of his ministry, though that's true. He loved them really to the uttermost. But notice this. Our Lord is on the verge of being arrested and crucified, and he knows this because he's God, And yet he takes the time to wash their stinky feet that night. And he takes the time to give of himself, to give them instruction. We call this the farewell discourse, the upper room discourse. And he washes their feet, and he says in verse 12, and so when he had finished, or when he had washed their feet and taken his garments, reclined the table again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Now, we don't have the same culture. They had sandals then, they had unpaved roads. I do not believe that the Lord is saying that this is an ordinance, the church, and we ought to wash one another's feet. I do believe what he's saying is that whatever in your own culture and way would be best to fulfill this would be through humble service. Humble service for one another. And then he says, by the way, in the same chapter 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you. And how did he love us? By humbling himself, by serving us, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's the way he showed his love. He just met their needs. And how do you show love for your wife? You serve her by meeting her needs. You have to be aware of her needs and then meet them. Don't be so preoccupied with your job difficulties that you're oblivious and unaware to what her needs are. You see, that's my point. Jesus could have been preoccupied with his own troubles, and yet he wasn't. You need to discipline yourself and discipline your own mind that when you come home from work, you're not just coming home from work, you're coming home to work. That work is to minister to your wife and family. Another way Christ demonstrates his love for the church, he purifies us. Do you realize that? That's the goal. Look at Ephesians, again, Ephesians chapter 5. He purifies us. Verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, also loved the church, and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, means set her apart, make her holy, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. The goal of our Lord's love is to make us holy and pure. That's why he saved us. Make us holy and pure. And that ought to be the goal with our wives, to make them holy and pure. If we love her as Christ loved the church, then men, you will make sure that you never allow her to be in a compromising situation. That you'll never put her in a situation that would be unvirtuous and wrong. That you'll never ask her to watch uh, something on television that would defile her thought life. you will not say anything to provoke an argument, anything that would lead into sin. Instead, you'll build her up. You'll be concerned that she's growing spiritually. You'll pray for her, give her healthy reading materials. You'll encourage her to be involved in the ministry of the church. You'll encourage her to listen to good tapes, to listen to godly and good sound radio programs. That's the kind of thing that a husband does for his wife, to help her to be pure. Now listen, men, you give her the affection that she needs that she wants. So the Bible tells us to, and she won't look to someone else for that affection and attention. When I hear about a woman who's left her husband and gone into adultery, that's a wicked thing, and there's no excuse for that. But you know what goes through my mind? Why would she seek someone else if he was all that he could have been and he should have been? And we look to two responsibilities today of a husband. Number one, he's to be a learner and a lover. A learner and then secondly, a lover. But you cannot be one and not the other, or else you're going to have some serious problems. So let me just close it this way, and listen, Don't, don't turn your mind off. You can't just take one part and not the other, or you're going to have some serious problems. If you are only a learner, then all you have is an understanding of your wife. That's all you have. You've learned about her, you have an understanding, but if you don't combine it with love, then you're going to be messed up because... You're going to know about her, but you're going to be too selfish to change for her benefit. So you can't just be a learner. People who are just learners who know all about their wives have serious problems because they're not going to meet her needs. They're not going to love her enough to change. Secondly, if on the other hand, you're only a lover and not a learner, then you won't have a clue as to how to specifically meet your wife's needs. You'll be misdirected in your love. You need both. You need to be a learner. You need to be a lover. Now, gentlemen, you can give the pens back to your wife. Okay, it's over. You go home, you ask your wife to evaluate you this is your assignment. You go home and you ask your wife to evaluate you as a learner and love her. And then you listen. In fact, you might ask for the pen back, so you can take some notes at home. You talk together and then you make some changes. You make some changes. Now I want to address those who may not know Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you need to know that from this, from these truths, we pull this, he knows all about you. He knows all about you, and he also loves you. Just like a husband is to know about his wife and to love her. Jesus Christ knows all about you, and he loves you. He loved you so much that he died for you. So if you have never accepted him, you're a visitor here, maybe you've attended for some time, and all of this sounds good, you're kind of sorting it out, but what does it mean? Well, then you need to consider coming to Jesus Christ and having a relationship with him and these other things will make more sense.
2: Thanks for some great instruction, Pastor Steve. I encourage you husbands to do just that. Be vulnerable as your wife tells you how you can meet her needs. Now, wives, please be gentle and remember that we can't fix everything at once. But at the same time, we need to be lovingly honest with each other. Otherwise, we unintentionally hurt each other, not out of bad intentions, but just from ignorance of our spouse's needs. Loving and learning ought to go hand in hand in our marriages. I hope that if you're not already doing the things that Steve has suggested, that you will start right away. If you would like an audio CD of this lesson, it's yours for a phone call. The number is 727-441-1714. Once again, that's 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a phone number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. While you're leaving the message, you might also ask our staff to send you a copy of the Verse by Verse Journal. You can also download the lessons for free at our website, www.versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by verse Radio. Dot o-r-g lakeside community chapel in clearwater florida also operates one of the finest christian schools around for thirty years we have offered classes from k-5 through grade 12 you can learn more about that at lakesidechristianschool.org verse by verse is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of listeners who have first been supportive of their local church We hope you can join us again next lesson for part two of Steve Kreloff's two message lesson The Husband's Responsibilities.
0: We are here to give you strength between.